Anyway, I'm really, I'm just kidding. Enjoy your freedom. Enjoy your life. Enjoy uh, getting to make it all that it can be. And, uh, but it, as I was thinking about that, as I was thinking about graduation, thinking about graduating high school, I know there's a question you guys have been asked probably about a million times. What are you going to be, right? What's next? What are you going to do now? Uh, that's a question it seems like we begin asking when our kids are about four, five, six years old, we start asking, what are you going to do? What, what are you going to be when you grow up? Like, I, I remember, I don't know how old I was, I was probably six, maybe, and I'd heard that doctors make a lot of money, so I was like, I'm going to be a doctor. And it just wasn't a few years later, and I, you know what I found out? Like, they got to go to school forever. I was like, I don't want to be a doctor, I'll be a lawyer. Turns out, they got to go to school for a long time as well. And so I, my, my list of options for careers continued to get shorter and shorter. I remember in eighth grade, Coach K, uh, he had a career class. And so during this career class, we had to decide what we were going to do with the rest of our lives. In eighth grade, of course, your time to, it's time to make that decision, right? And so I remember looking, I thumbed to the back, he had this little booklet, and I remember thumbing to the back of that booklet, and at the back of the booklet, it had like a salary schedule. And I was like, mmm, podiatrist, that sounds pretty cool. Turns out they, they work on feet. Seems like a, a cool job. Guess what? They got to go to school too. And so I, I just kept going down the list. I remember junior, senior year, Miss Wood made us fill out this thing, like, what do you want to do? And everybody was saying business degree. And I was like, sounds good to me. I like to make money. Business is about making money, I bet. And so that's what I chose to do and went to Henderson, told the counselor, this is what I want to do is business. And turns out that I really don't like a lot of the classes that you have to take in order to be a, a business administrator or something along those lines. I remember accounting. I, I failed accounting, I think, twice um, just because I, I couldn't handle it, you know. And, and the, the main reason, the, the, the primary reason that I ended up not finishing, guys, is because while I had been asked and while I'd answered that question a million times, what do you want to be? I'd never actually answered the question that really mattered. Who are you going to be? Hey, you see, I had been making my choices and I had been making my decisions based on the salary or based on whether or not it was going to be hard, whether or not it was going to be easy. And so I'd been making all these choices not based on who God was calling me to be, but rather what I wanted. And so I, I want to challenge you this morning, whether you're graduating high school or whether uh, you're retired, who do you want to be? That's so much more important than what you do. God cares so much more about who you are than he does about your salary, I promise. And in the long run, you will too. You see, who you are is decided by the path you choose and the foundation you stand on. Jesus this morning is going to confront us as we look at this passage of Scripture with these, these, this question, where are you headed or what, how will you live your life and then where will you stand? What will you stand on when the going gets tough? And, and like I said, I, I'm sure someone along the lines reminded me of this truth that it's about more than what my house is going to look like or where I'm going to live or what friends I'm going to have. And, and th those things are good and those things are important, but they're not near as important as your relationship with God. They're not near as important a as finding a passion for doing what you do 
to his glory. And so I went to school and had a full ride and all of that, and it wasn't very long before I had flunked out because I didn't care. I had no passion for what I was doing. It took several years, and, and finally God got a hold of me, and he called me to be a pastor, and so then guess what? I had to go back to school. That was like 10 years ago. I'm still in school, y'all. Like I'm almost finished. So moral of the story is you better figure out what you want to do or you might end up like me, be a pastor. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, <laughs> that'll scare you, right? Yeah, Mom, Dad, you just remember that. But, but anyway, uh, but make sure that why you do what you do and what you choose is not based on what you want to be, but based on who God is calling you to be. And so there's two different ways to live, and there's two different foundations you can and have in life. And so Jesus gives us both of these at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. As we begin looking at this passage this morning, I want to remind you that this is part of a big sermon that Jesus is sort of getting to the conclusion. He's getting to the place where he's beginning to draw these people in and say, you've got to make a choice. You've got to make a decision. And if we had time, I would try and unpack some of that, but we don't. And so I won't. But what I will do is leave you with these questions that he gives us. And so Matthew chapter 7 and verse 13, he says, Enter by the narrow gate. For the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. Let's pray. Father, I do. God, I just ask you now that you would help us. Help me, Lord. I pray that you would open up your word to us, open up our hearts to you. God, that you would pour into us this morning what it is we need to hear, what it is we need to see. And God, that you would make us who you want us to be. God, that you would direct us in the path you would have us to go, that you would give us the foundation and show us the foundation that we need to stand on. Lord, again, I do pray for those who are just embarking on this adventure we call life. Lord, I pray that you would just strengthen them, encourage them, put people around them to help them as they go uh, through, through this journey. And Lord, that we as a church would be mindful of that. We'd be intentional of helping them as well. Lord, I do pray that you'd use these moments that we have together this morning, this time we have, to change our lives. God, not to just come to church and say that we came to church, but God, to actually change our lives. We need that this morning. I need that this morning. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. And so rather than saying, hey, I'm going to give you two gates and you pick one, Jesus begins his challenge not by giving us the two gates but but by telling us which gate to enter don't you love it he gives you the answer to the question before he even presents it he says enter by the narrow gate he doesn't leave it up to us he doesn't give us an option he says there's one gate you are to enter and it's the narrow gate well why is it the narrow gate that we need to enter well he tells us why he says enter by the narrow gate because the other gate is terrible for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, okay? So we don't want to enter in by the wide gate. We want to enter in by the narrow gate. The wide gate, that where you end up if you enter in by it, is death. It's not a good option, right? I mean, if you've got two gates, one leads to life, one leads to death, which one are you going to choose? Life, I hope. But Jesus says here, he begins to describe the wide gate. He begins to describe the path that leads to destruction. He says that wide is the gate. What does he mean by this? Well, he means in order to enter it, you basically have to do nothing. 
Just keep doing what you're doing. Just keep going the way you're going. This gate is so wide, you probably don't even know you entered through it. There's a reason he's telling us to be cautious and careful in this passage of Scripture. He's saying, guys, you may have entered in the the broad gate that leads to destruction and not even realize what you have done. So you, you need to be paying attention. You don't need a passport. You don't need a driver's license. You don't need a ticket. All you got to do is, well, nothing. Just keep going. He says, wide is the gate and easy is the way. Smooth sailing on this street. This is the easy life. This is the easy path. You don't have to figure out what exit to take. You don't have to figure out where it is. You set, you set your cruise control and you sit back and you just relax. You don't have to worry about it because it's going to be easy. No one's in your way. There's no pain. There's no responsibilities. Just have at it. Have fun. Don't worry about it. Enjoy it. And so, so he's saying this, this path, this path is easy, but it leads to destruction. In fact, it's so easy, you probably don't even realize you're on it. It's so broad and it's so wide, there's plenty of room to do whatever you want. You don't have to make a decision to get on this path. If you've never trusted on Christ, you're already on it. You don't have to try and figure out how to get on the broad path. You're already there. I I mean, think of it this way, and you you know (coughs) this works in all of life, that the easy path, the path of least resistance, most of the time, and I would even say almost all of the time, leads to not much at best and lots of problems at worst. Like, it's really easy for me not to go to the gym It's really easy for me to sit home and eat ice cream and do nothing physically demanding. Like that takes zero effort. But you know what the result is? My pants keep on shrinking. I'm I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to put it out there. That's easy. I can outgrow my, my pants easy. It's hard to do the opposite. The same thing is true spiritually. Like it's easy to not diet and exercise. It's hard to diet and exercise. It's easy to drift away from the Lord and do what everybody else is doing. It's easy to make choices based on what I want instead of what God wants. It's hard to say, God, I'm going to do what you want to do instead of what I want to do. It's easy to put my foot down and say, no, I want to act this way. I don't care what you say. No, this is what I want. I don't care what anybody else wants. No, all I care about is myself. That's easy. It's hard to say, how can I serve others? It's hard to say, God, what would you have me to do? How would you have me to go? You see, on the easy path, you just do whatever you want. And guess what? People are down with that. They're good with that. They're not going to be like, man, I can't believe you do whatever you want. They're going to be like, that's right. I do whatever I want too. Let's go together. And before you know it, you've got a whole pack of folks going with you all, going in the same direction. You're like, man, this is so easy. This is good. Yeah, but the end result is not. Guys, it's easy to walk down the path to destruction. It's hard to walk the path of life. And, and so if you, if you look around, <coughs> notice what Jesus says here. He says, and those who enter by it are many. In other words, the majority of the people that you know are on this path. Like if you look around and you're going in the same general direction as the culture around you, and no one's ever going cross stream from you, you probably have a problem. Like if people who aren't following Christ are totally good with everything you do and never question anything you do, you may have an issue. Jesus seems to think that there's not a whole lot of folks on the path that leads to life, but there are a lot of folks on the path that leads to destruction. 
So if the way that you live your life looks exactly like the path of the people who are not following Christ, and you're headed in the same direction, but those people aren't following Christ and they're walking this way and you're walking this way and you're saying you are following Christ, do you see a problem? Ask yourself this morning, what path are you on? You doing everything that's easy? On this path, guys, and this is why Jesus challenges us, this is why He calls us to think this through, on this path there's like not a sign that says, watch out, stop, turn around, there's a burning lake of fire ahead. No, you just drive and then eventually you will drive off headlong into that burning lake of fire. But it was easy, it was a good ride. But was it worth it in the end? Look at the path that Jesus tells us to take. Look at the gate that he challenges us to take this morning in verse 14. He says, For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. So everything that the broad gate is, the narrow gate is not. You don't get into the narrow gate and the narrow path accidentally. Like you don't start following Jesus accidentally. It doesn't just happen. You actually have to make a choice to enter this gate. This gate is narrow. There's not room for anything uh, through this gate. There's only one way through this gate onto this narrow path. And it's Christ. Like He's it. This is a one-way street, uh, so to speak. It's a very narrow path. The only way you get in there through following him. He says this over and over again. I think about John 14. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. He's the only option. He's the only gate into the, to heaven. He's the only gate onto the narrow path, trusting in him and him alone. It's narrow. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking about this uh, yesterday. Josiah, today's his birthday, so yesterday is his, his mamaw. Uh, who, who's visiting with us, uh, wanted to take him out for birthday lunch. And he, so he got to pick the place, and he wanted to go to Chick-fil-A. And, and we're leaving Chick-fil-A. And you, you guys know what I'm talking about. And, and Cornerstone, when I say that that's a narrow road to get out of Chick-fil-A, like, like it's maybe one of the most frustrating intersections in all of Hot Springs. And I know we got a lot of them. But, but this one, like it, you pull up to the stop sign, and then there's another stop sign like two feet in front of you. And then there's this thing that says don't block the intersection. You're like, okay, that sounds really easy to do, Right. And, and, and then the person in front of you acts like they're going to pull out and you go to pull out and then you're stuck and you're blocking the intersection and, and people are mad at you and then finally you get ready to pull out and somebody sees you trying to pull out and so they speed up. And Anyway, it, by the time you actually get out on the road, you know, you're, you're frustrated. It's narrow, right? You're not getting out there unless you want to get out there. You're not getting on this path unless you want to be on this path. It's not an easy gate. It's not a broad gate. There's not many ways in it. There's one. And his name is Jesus. You see, it's important to understand that this morning, that the path that Jesus is putting out in front of us is restrictive. And I know that's a word we hate to use in our culture. We like the word inclusive. But it's restrictive to those who follow him. Only those who follow Christ get on this narrow gate and this narrow path. In fact, you may even say it's exclusive. It's exclusive to him and him alone. And so... Hopefully you, you get that. And so, so, so Jesus tells us here that, that um, we are to walk the narrow gate and that it is going to be narrow and that it is going to be hard. That's not a good sales pitch, is it? 
that to walk this path that he's calling us to walk is not easy, but that it is hard. That again goes against everything that we like to believe. Be a Christian, man, it's so easy. It's so easy to follow Jesus. I don't know what Jesus you're following. It's hard. It's hard to follow Him and do the things He calls you to. It's hard to to give up what He calls you to give up. It's hard to do these things. It is not easy. It's the opposite of easy. In fact, He says that there are few who find it. The majority of the people you come in contact with do not find this path. They choose the broad path, the easy path, the popular path. path. And and I, I mean, why wouldn't they? What is more unpopular in our culture than self-sacrifice and serving others and taking responsibility for our actions and thinking of people before we think of ourselves? Having selflessness, having an attitude of mercy and grace towards others, having an attitude of preference for those around us. What is more unpopular than that? Than humility. Than showing others the, the right of way. Now we typically like to yell at the people in front of us at the line at Chick-fil-A, go ahead and move out of my way very nicely, right? But this is what he calls us to. Rather than the easy path, he calls us to the hard path. The path that takes work every day. Guys, in order to follow Christ, this is a daily decision. Sometimes we promote it as, oh, just... Just make this decision and you're good. No, it's a daily decision to get up and follow Him. He says, if you're going to follow me, you have to die to yourself. I don't know about y'all, but that sounds not fun. And the reason He tells us this is because He's saying, in order to follow me, you have to give up on what you want and choose to want what I want. Now, is there fun times? Absolutely. There's lots of fun times. I love having fun. Make sure that as you walk through this life, you don't buy into the idea that life is about being easy, that it's about making money, that it's all about you, because it's not. It's about serving Him. It's about following Him. And so, so first, this morning, if you're going to be who God has called you to be, choose the path He, is, he, he lays out in front of you. It doesn't matter what career you choose. What matters is, is how you walk in that career. If you're going to be a doctor, be a doctor, but do so to the glory of God, not for yourself. Or a lawyer, or in business, or I can't remember what all other avenues I tried to walk down before God uh, pushed me into ministry. I, I, but, you, you know, whatever you're going to do, do it for His glory and for His honor. Do it to, to praise Him and, and to, to show Him. And, and, and so it, we show Him honor and glory. But then we see in verse 24... And this is the, the second part of it. Not only the way that we live, but what we stand on. Verse 24. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like the wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. That sounds really good, doesn't it? I don't know if y'all remember that from Sunday school. I was going to sing it for you, but I don't remember it, and so you're blessed this morning. But, but he says here, he says, there's a wise man who builds his house on the rock. 
In other words, he took the time to survey the land on which he was going to build his house. He found the place where the rock was, the, the place where there was solid stone underneath the, the topsoil. Like he, I mean, he can't call somebody to come and pour a footer for him. There's no such thing as concrete, right? I mean, so he's digging down to where there's a rock to build his house on. And so he goes and he builds this house, but he builds it on solid rock. Why does he do this? Well, he knows that his house needs something solid, something firm to stand on, something firm to rest against. And Jesus says after he builds his house, there's this terrible storm that comes against it. The storm comes and the winds beat against it, the rain beats against it, the flood comes. And you know what happens? It stands strong. And the reason it stands strong is because it has a foundation that can't be moved. It's built on the rock, as Jesus says. And then listen to the second builder. Verse 26, And everyone who build, hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell. And, it, the, and great was the fall of it. Or as we sang in children's church and it came a-tumbling down. I do remember that one line because that was the fun part, right? But, but it came a-tumbling down. Not in real life. That's not the fun part. But this foolish man, he's like, man, I, I like the ocean view or whatever. I, I, you know, I don't care about if there's rock underneath me. I'm just going to build my house where I want to build it. I like that tree over there. And I want my house to be close to that tree, so I'm going to build it where I want to. I'm not going to let some rock tell me where to build my house. And so he does. And the storm comes. And it blows. And it rains. And it washes. And Jesus says the house falls. And he even gives us that little detail, and great was the fall of it. Everybody in town is talking about him. Did you see that house fall? That was a great fall. Like, that was a terrible thing that happened to that house. Because he did not dig down and take time to find the rock to found his house upon. He had no foundation. He had no strength under him. And so soon as the winds come, the house goes tumbling over. And Jesus says, if we build our house, or build our life the way this man built his house, the same thing will happen to us. When the storms of life come and when the troubles of life come, our life will come tumbling down and we'll fall right over. Look at the difference between these two men, these two builders. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them. Listen to verse 26. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them. You notice the difference. The difference is not access to the truth. We make a big deal out of truth, and we should. But God's truth itself is not ultimately the end goal. It's obedience to the truth. Like you can come to church every week and, and I can preach at you every week and I, I can yell at you all the time and you can hear all these things and you can know all the books of the Bible, but if you don't obey it, you're building your house on sand. It may look really good. It may look like the best house in town, but when the rain comes and the wind blows, it's going to come a-tumbling down. Because it's not built on anything solid. Guys, the solid stuff, the rock that Jesus is talking about here is actual belief in what uh, He has said, an actual belief in what He has done, an actual obedience and response to Him. We can talk all day long about loving the Lord and serving the Lord, but talk is cheap, guys. In fact, talk is free. It doesn't cost you anything. It also doesn't do anything. This 
Actually, this passage right here, the story that Jesus is telling us, is an illustration of the fact where he has just said that many on the day of judgment will stand before him and say, Lord, Lord, and he'll say, I don't know you. Get on out of here. Because you can talk all day long about knowing me, but if you don't actually obey me, you don't actually know me. It's kind of hard to follow someone you don't follow. It's kind of hard to say that he is your boss when you don't listen to him. It's kind of hard to say, I believe you're the Savior of the Lord and you deserve my obedience and then not obey him. You see, what Jesus is saying here is that the one who's truly wise is not the one who says, I know a lot of truth, but the one who obeys the truth. The one who loves Christ. And, and, and I know, and I don't have time to go into all the qualifiers. You get what I'm not saying here. I'm not saying if you do good, then you'll get into heaven. And if you don't do good, you're going to hell. Because we all know that in order to follow Christ perfectly, we would have to be Jesus himself. He's the only one who ever lived perfectly. He who says he has no sin is a liar and the truth is not in him. So I'm not saying that you get to the point that you're perfect in your obedience. And that's not what Jesus is saying. What he is saying is, is when you hear Jesus' words, you do all you can to follow him because you actually believe what he says. He is not saying, be perfect. Well, actually, he does say that, but we know that's impossible. And, and the reason why he pushes us to this is because it's so easy to say, yeah, I'll do whatever you want, and then not actually do anything. There are so many people, guys, who claim to be Christians, who claim to be walking with Jesus, who have no rock under them. They have no foundation. They've never done the hard work, the stuff that they don't want to do to grow in the relationship with Christ. They, they've, they've not done what it takes to, to truly grow. They've never developed roots, roots in Christian community with, with other believers that will help them stand strong. They, they've never done the, the hard work of studying God's Word and allowing His Word to speak into their life. They've never done the hard work of praying uh, uh, for God to work in them. They've never done the hard work of serving others and serving in His church. They've never done those things. And so therefore, when the storms come, they don't have any footing because they've never walked through these things with Him. Because the, the deal is, guys, and this is the, the truth that Jesus is trying to get across to us this morning you notice that there's not much difference between these two people in that they both go through the storm. You see, the storm is actually coming. It doesn't matter if you're a believer or non believer. They both go through the same storm. Guys, the storm is coming. Or you may be going through it right now. But, but if you've not invested in your relationship with Christ, you're standing on sand. And what are you going to do when the storm comes? You have no foundation. You're going to say, well, I know a bunch of stuff. Well, knowing's only half the battle. I remember that from G.I. Joe. Sorry, but, but anyway, you don't remember that? They always had a moral, you know, and knowing's half the battle. It is only half. You actually have to obey. That's what true faith looks like is obedience to Christ. And so I, I want to encourage you guys. Uh, every one of us to choose the type of people we're going to be, who we are going to be. Listen to Jesus' question this morning. What path are we going to follow and what foundation are we going to stand on? That is the question that will determine what happens when the stuff starts coming at us and we begin to lose our way and we begin to, to feel as if the, the world is throwing us from to the right and to the left and back to the right again. And, and we, we can't figure out what to do. 
when we have actual obedience. And, and, and there's all, all kinds of things I could encourage you to do this morning. I, I know we're running short on time, but, but this is why we have things like Sunday school. This is why we have things like Wednesday night service, or Wednesday night small groups. And, and this why we have things like we have this morning. That's why we have the picnic this afternoon. Uh, one example, and that is to give us a chance to get to know each other so well that we can say, hey, let me help you walk through this. I want to encourage you this morning. If you haven't invested in those that are part of your church family, invest in them. We, always, we all have people in our lives. We all have went through storms. And God can use your storms to help somebody else get through theirs. And so if you don't know of anyone in, in the church that you've invested in and said, hey, I want you to know that I'm available for you. Would you do that? Say, hey, I, I know that I don't know you a whole lot, but, but let me get to know you. I mean, here we are, we're eating every Wednesday night together, and, you know, I've never actually sat with you. Let me sit with you and get to know you so that when the storm comes, we have some rock to stand on together. Let me, let me find some people that are part of my spiritual family so that we can grow together in our strength. Let me, let me go out and serve others in ministry so I can see God at work in their lives so that when the storm comes, I can see how he worked in others' lives and know that he can work in mine as well. Let me so uh, prioritize my life that Jesus is first so that no matter what the storm takes away, it can't take away what I actually truly love and, and cherish and, and treasure. Don't take the easy way out, guys. Don't take the easy path. Don't take the broad path. Don't take the popular path. Don't make the mistake I made of saying, how can I make money and how can I do it easy? Otherwise, you might end up being a pastor. I'm just telling you. It'll happen. That's not a bad thing, by the way. But it's a good thing. But, but who do you want to be? Who's God calling you to be this morning? Is he calling you? Would you like to be known as a person who's aimless and has no foundation? He gets thrown around every time something happens? Or do you want to be the person when other folks are going through hard times, you say, hey, I really need some advice here. Can you help me? I, I really don't know which direction to take here. I know you follow Christ. Can you help me follow him? Wouldn't you want to be that person instead of the person who doesn't know where to go or what to do? The truth is, is we all find ourselves in either role at different points in our life. But ask yourself, who are you going to be this morning? Are you going to be someone who follows Jesus? Or are you going to be somebody who, when the storm comes, you just get washed away? If you've not trusted on Christ this morning, you've not put your faith in him, and you want to do that, and you say, you know what, I, I'm on the path that leads to destruction, I've always taken the easy path. I've always made the easy choice. I've never made the hard choice of putting my faith in Him alone. Christ has made a way for you to not be on the path to destruction, but the path to life. He, instead of taking the easy path, He took the hard path to the cross. And he went to the cross and He died in your place and He died in my place. And He paid the, the penalty that we owe so that we could spend eternity with Him. And He says, whoever would put their faith in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. And He calls you this morning to follow Him. He doesn't call you to know everything about everything. He doesn't call you to, to have all the answers checked and all the boxes checked. He just calls you to follow Him. If you're here this morning and you're like, man, I've I got stuff going on and I don't, I don't think I'm very solid. I don't think I'm very firm. Do the hard work, guys. Do the hard work of digging down and finding the rock. What, what, is, what is God calling you to do in obedience to help you stand during this time? What is God calling you to do to help somebody else stand during this time? Or maybe, maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a while and you've sort of gotten off the path. You took the wrong exit. You made the wrong decision. You made the wrong choice. You're like, I don't know how to get back on. 
It's really easy to get back on. Lord, I really messed up. Can you forgive me? Can you welcome me back in? You know what he'll say? Yeah. I paid for that on the cross. It's like I paid for all of your sin. Can you get back on the path this morning? If you would stand with us, and as you stand, we're going to sing, and if God is working in your heart and your life this morning, when you want to come pray with me, or you want to come pray at the altar, you do that while we sing. Let me, let me pray for us. Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you that I, you are gracious to us and that you love us. Lord, I thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. Lord, I do pray that you would be with us this morning as we respond to you. Lord, help us to follow you in obedience and, and help us to, to obey you in love and mercy and grace. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you come as we sing? Have thine own guys for being here this morning if god's working in your life please come see me this week you know how to do that and then don't miss out this afternoon at five o'clock we will be eating at Catherine's landing and so make sure you join us for our church uh, picnic that we do every year it's a lot of fun i know amy always plans a water balloon fight as well and so if you're into that make sure you bring extra clothes unless you like being wet and that's fine too but come for that and then you know show up whenever you want to show up uh, but there'll be several folks there early, I'm sure, getting ready. And so if you want to come help get ready, show up early for that as well. And so I look forward to seeing you this afternoon at, at 5. All right. Thank you, John. Thank you for coming. Let's sing as we go.